This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomoto, NPR. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Welcome to Amazing Grace for another week. I pray you will be blessed by our program today. My name is Warren. And here at Amazing Grace, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a question for us, or maybe you'd like to make a comment about something that we have said, or maybe that we didn't say. Um, We have two free giveaways. uh, A book, which is entitled Steps to Jesus. Uh, We're freely giving that away to anyone who contacts us And also the book, The Desire of Ages um, Which is about the life of Jesus Probably the most inspiring book I have ever read Uh, Lots of spiritual insights into the ministry and life of Jesus Christ here on this world Now we're giving both of those away I'm going to be reading from the books um, the Desire of Ages a little later in the program So um, if you like what you hear You would would be happy to, to post one out to you Now you can contact us in a couple of ways uh, The first way is by email And the email address is 999amazinggrace at gmail.com That's 999amazinggrace And Amazing Grace is only 1G at gmail.com or you could text or call us on 027 229-6624 that's 027-229-6624 and you can also contact the station and they would be happy to pass the information on to us and, and a number of people have done that in the past all right, friends, before we get any further into our program, we're just going to um, just say prayer. So we just invite you to bow your head as I pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to share with the people here in the Manawatu and in New Zealand and pray, Lord, for your blessing upon them. Uh, we pray for them and their families and just thank you for the opportunities that we have to share hope with a hopeless world to share truth with a world that is full of lies. And so, Father, I just pray for your presence, your leading and guiding, and uh, we pray that we will be drawn closer to you today, for we ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friends. um, Today our devotion is going to be from Psalms 91. Now, I know Ian has a number of times done devotion from Psalms 91, and I think in light of what we're looking at and facing today, it's probably a very apt chapter um, for us that live at this time in Earth's history. So let me read it, um, Psalms 91. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow 
of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust in him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Yeah, what a beautiful what a beautiful chapter. And uh, I'd just like to draw your attention just to a few spots here in this particular um, chapter of Psalms 91. One of the things that becomes very evident is that those who trust in God are in a place of safety. Now, they may not feel like it, but they are, because God has promised those who put their trust in him, he will protect them from all sorts of things. And one of the things is deadly diseases. Um, He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. Um, obviously referencing uh, a bird that takes care of its young. And that's what God does to us. If we claim to be the, the sons and daughters of God, then he, and, and hold on to his promises, he will, like a mother hen, take care of us, protect us, guide us. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the day, nor the arrow that fly. Sorry, do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor arrows that fly in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. So here he's saying, don't be afraid in the dark. Don't be afraid of the things that happen in the dark. If we have made God our friend, he will protect us. Don't worry about the things that happen during the day, because God also is not only God of the of the night, but he is also God of the day, and he will protect you and guide you. It doesn't matter if thousands of people are dying around you, these evils will not come to you and your house. If you make the Lord your refuge, see the word if, if you do these things, God has promised that he will protect you. No evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home. He will give his he will give order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so that she won't even hurt your foot on a stone. So 
the Bible is clear. For those that put their faith and trust in God, he will take care of them. And so, friends, why not put your faith and trust in God? Because what else are you going to put it in? You know, we listen to the news these days, and you know, I do a fair bit of research myself, and, and I mean, a good percentage of what we hear on the news is not even true. You know, the government changes its tune about what it's going to do all the time. There's no truth anymore. Everything is subjective. Everything changes. Everything's slipping and sliding except God and his word. God has promised that he never changes and that he will protect you today and also tomorrow if you but turn to him and look for protection. Call out to him. You know, I've got a friend that lives in Vietnam who was a a Taoist, and and what that is is somebody that worships their dead ancestors. And he just had a feeling that this wasn't the right thing. And so one day, one evening, he went outside and said to God, God, if you're real, show yourself. And sure enough, in a very short time, God did indeed show himself to our friend and his life was changed for the better. And now he has this, you know, you can't, you can't be around this man for a very long without the enthusiasm, without just the hope that, that I can see in this man's life. And that's the hope that we can all have. And that's the hope that you can have, friend, if you will. Trust in God. Turn to him and put your faith and trust in him. He will never let you down.
is like a waiting falcon when it's released it's destined for the skies but until then my heart will go on singing until then with joy I'll carry on until the day my eyes behold the city until the day God calls me When my Jesus I shall see And I look upon his face The one who saved me by his grace When he takes me by the hand And leads me through the promised land you're listening to Amazing Grace here on Manawa 2 People's Radio. Now, as promised last week, we are going to look at some of the predictions that the Bible makes about the end time events. And I did mention to you that there were a number of books in the Bible. Um, the whole book of Revelation is really a story from about the time of the end of John's life. So it was about, yeah, not long after Jesus was resurrected. Um, and... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so the story is um, from about that time through until the second coming. Um, and <clears throat> we also have Matthew 24, um, Luke 21, and Mark 13. And there are other places where Jesus gives us tidbits about what's going to happen. Uh, Paul also in, I believe, Second Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, uh, there's a number of things that he, that he says that will have to happen before the second coming. But today we're just going to focus a little on Matthew 24. We started last week when we talked about Jesus talking to his disciples about the great temple um, and told them that there wouldn't be one stone left on another. Well, they couldn't believe that, but we know in AD 70 that when the Romans under General Titus came in, um, that that's exactly what happened. And what happened was the in the end the temple caught fire because many of the Jewish people were hiding in there and um, 
when that caught fire, it caused a lot of the gold um, to melt and to run down between the stones. And so the, 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 the Romans, in trying to get all of this gold, prized all the rocks apart to get this gold out. And in doing so, they, they removed every rock on top of another. So <laughs> moving forward, uh, we looked at some of the things that uh, will happen. We, we looked at the fact that deception is something that Jesus says so many times. He says three times uh, directly, do not be deceived. Uh, we know deception um, is going to be a major issue, and we see that today. You know, Truth is very hard to find. Um, if you think you can read the paper or turn the TV on to find truth, well, you're badly mistaken. You will, will not find all truth. You will find some truth. There? Granted. I remember one day I was talking to a guy who was a reporter from uh, a local paper, and I think I shared this story once before, and um, we just ran through some of the commandments, and uh, we just talked about the ninth commandment. Had he ever um, told a lie before? And he laughed and said, well, I'm a reporter. Of course, I have to lie. And um, I was quite knocked off balance when he said that. That was probably five, six, seven years ago. But since then, uh, we've seen a lot of deception in this world and um, don't believe because the government says it. Or And I'm not into conspiracy theories. I'm just telling you that not everything that the, the government says, I'm, not telling, I'm telling you everything that the paper, the TV, um, that people tell you is not necessarily true. Um you have to excuse me. I don't know why everyone's decided they wanted to ring me up at the moment. Um, so deception is, is a big issue. And um, so they said to Jesus, what will be the sign or the, the, the signal of your return and the end of the world? And Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come claiming that I am the Messiah. Um, they will deceive many. We talked about that last week, so I'm not going to go over that again except to say that there are a number of people who have called themselves Christ and um, have obviously deceived a number of people. Um, but that's not fully f- fully seen at this point yet. There will be many more people um, who will raise, be raised up to say that they are Jesus Christ and uh, they've been resurrected. They may even do miracles. Um, I don't believe that any of these people that call themselves Christ or the Messiah have actually done miracles, but that will happen at some stage uh, where people who claim to be Christ will do miracles. He goes on to say, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Well, don't we see that today? You know, let's just take the Russia-Ukraine Situation, you know, there were there were months where um, Russia had been threatening to um, to take hold to lay hold of Ukraine, and finally it came it came to pass, and it did actually happen. There were threats. We hear the threats that China wants to take over Taiwan, and. We don't know what's going to happen there. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Um, and Jesus says, don't panic. 
Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. So the end isn't quite yet. Uh, for those, some people say that, you know, Jesus could come next week. Well, that's most unlikely, but next year, who knows? Um, in five or ten years' time, we don't know. But we know that it's imminent. Um, He went on to say that nation will go to war against another nation and kingdom against another kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many places. And, you know, we're not seeing that to the degree that we have seen perhaps in the past. Um, But believe me, they will happen. And this is why we know that Jesus while he's close, he's not here yet because all of these things are not happening. Now, the other thing it talks about is pestilences. Um, and, you know, I know that as a potato grower that I was for many years, uh, when I first started working with my father and uncle and growing potatoes, you know, we would spray the potatoes for, for blight, um, you know, maybe... Once a year we might spray for aphids or, you know, some insect that would possibly eat the crop. Um, But it's interesting that by the time we finished growing in 2008, there was just just so many viruses, you know, and there were so many issues with growing potatoes. It wasn't just as a a matter of putting a potato in the ground and growing it and then harvesting it and and wish it was that simple. But, you know, there's so many issues with insects. There's so many issues with blight, you know, um, and that was always a problem that we had. You know, famines is another one. We don't see too many famines, although there are, obviously, from time to time, there are famines. Okay, but when all of these things are happening together, and they're happening in rapid succession, then we will know that the end is near. Um, Jesus talks about the fact that this is birth pains, uh, obviously with it's like birth pains. When it starts, um, the contractions are a, are a long way apart. Sometimes can be 10 to 12 minutes apart, but they slowly get closer and more intense. And that's basically what's going to happen with the signs of the coming of Jesus. Is going to be that there will be, um, there will be many, many signs, many of these things will be taking place. He goes on to say that many will be persecuted and some will be even killed. Why? Because they follow the Lord. They follow Jesus. And many will turn away from me and betray me and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. And when the Bible says many, it means most. Most people will be deceived. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that living in the 21st century that most Christians will be deceived. And you not want to know why? Because most Christians don't read their Bible. 
Well, they might read it on the weekend, they might read it on Sunday, but they generally don't read it during the week. And so they're not protected against the the wiles of the devil. Many false prophets shall arise. Um, and don't think that a false prophet is somebody that comes from outside the church. Most of the time, false prophets are raised up within the church. Um, and that's why they they trip many people up, is because they are actually from the church that you worship in. And all of a sudden you've got brother, whoever, um, trying to get people to um, follow his ideas and his plans. And that's not God's way. God's way is to follow his plans. Jesus went on to say that the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Well, we know that hasn't happened. And look, we could look at the statistics um, for that and <clears throat> maybe we we will look at the statistics another day, but today, today we're not going to look at the statistics for that. Um, <clears throat> but Christianity is one of the fastest growing religions in the world. However, there are still many billions of people that don't know Jesus Christ. And so we know that in the last days the Holy Spirit will come and that will be that will go with power. And when we see the gospel going with power, we know we are living in the last remnant of time. And so I think there we will just leave it there today. There's 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 much more that we could have I could have said, but I think I, I will leave some of that for next time. Um Remember that all of these things must be happening together at the same time for us to be right, at for Jesus to be right at the door. You know, if we're having earthquakes but there's no pestilences, if we're having pestilences but no earthquakes, if we're having earthquakes but no wars, you know, it's going to be all of these things happening. People being deceived not only from false Christ but false prophets. People being deceived by by others. And so when we see all of these things happening, we can know that um, that the time is very short. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Yes, welcome back to Amazing Grace here on Manawatu People's Radio. And in the second half, we're going to look at the health tip of the week. And the health tip of the week is about sunlight. You know, as we go into the autumn, um, 
less sunlight is going to be just something that is going to take place. It's not hard to get enough vitamin D at this time of the year. You know, the sun's out. Um, If anything, you're likely to get too much sun. And remember, too much sun isn't good for us either. But it's the right amount of sunlight. And so I can hopefully today I can just share a few thoughts with you about sunlight and serotonin that's important um, for us to be healthy and happy. You see, sunlight and darkness trigger the release of hormones in our brains. Exposure to sunlight increases the brain's release of a hormone hormone called serotonin. This is associated with boosting mood and helping a person feel calm and focused. At night, darker light cues the trigger the brain to make another hormone called melatonin. And, um, you know, if you, like me, um, in the summer, I need to go to bed before it gets um, dark. So I have to pull the curtains. We've got big, heavy curtains in our bedroom. Um, and I wear those type of blinders that you wear when you go on uh, a plane to try and keep it as dark as possible because it's only when you enter into the darkness that that part of your brain that develops um Melatonin works, and that's why some people can't sleep well um, if it's not at night. I guess if you're tired enough, most people can sleep, but in normal circumstances, people um, are not able to sleep if they haven't experienced some darkness. Without enough sunlight exposure, a person's serotonin levels can dip low. Low levels of serotonin are associated with a higher risk of seasonal affective disorder. We'll we'll just call it SAD. SAD is a form of depression that is triggered by changing seasons, and that's what we're going to be looking at. You know, at the moment, we're still plenty of sun, and probably, you know, where are we getting towards the end of March? Probably till the end of um, April, we generally have enough sunlight. Um, You know, in duration, but also in intensity. But once we get into May, June, July, August, and perhaps even into the middle of September, we're going to be looking at the sunlight, which doesn't actually have a lot of power, a lot of strength, and, you know, the days tend to be more gloomy, you know. And this is why this um, sad or seasonal affective disorder is a problem in some countries that don't get a lot of sunlight. So a lot of countries that have a lot of cloud cover, uh, people will find that that they have a form of of depression, which will cause them to complain and moan about things. Um, So generally, when when you see a country where they don't get much sunlight, it's usually a country where people are quite whiny and complain about things. And that's primarily because of this disorder that is caused by not enough sunlight. And you would find that generally people's moods in the summer generally tend to be better. And that's not just because it's warmer, because some people don't like the heat. Um, you know, I don't like too much heat and I don't like too much cold. I'm a bit, as I get older, I'm getting a bit more fussy. But, but the fact is that we need to get the right amounts 
Um, now, one of the things that I'd just like to share with you that you may not know is, is the amount of units of sunlight is called lux. Now, if you go out and stand outside in the direct sunlight, you, you'll be receiving, I don't know if it's every minute or what's the unit, but you'll be receiving around 10,000 units of um, light into your body, you know, if you've got your face uncovered uncovered, your hands, your arms or your legs, whatever is uncovered, you're getting around about 10,000 units of, of, of lux. However, if you're standing inside your house and the light may be coming in the window, the amount of lux is quite low. You'll be surprised how low it is. Uh, it can be down as low as, you know, around about it can be down to what five to twenty. Um, so the amount of lux that we get, if we just even if we have light and light on us, even if we're inside the house, it is a very little value. We need to actually get outside in the sun, and it's also good to have some skin exposed. But of course, as the weather gets cooler, that becomes less attractive. So you will find that you might think you're getting plenty of light, but it's the strong sunlight that we need, especially in the winter months when uh, it's it's cooler um, and it's more cloudy. All right, so <clears throat> the light induced effects of serotonin are triggered by sunlight which goes through the eye. Sunlight cues special areas in the retina, which triggers the release of serotonin. And <clears throat> where there are lots of good reasons to get sun for mood, the sun's rays do have ultraviolet radiation. The sun's rays can penetrate the skin and damage the cell DNA, which can lead, obviously, to skin cancer. So fairer skinned people obviously need to be more careful. Um, where darker skinned people can obviously don't have to be so careful. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are confused about, you know, confused about light and they're not, they don't realise how important it is. But as we look at the acronym New Start, New being nutrition, um, N being nutrition, E being exercise, W being water, and S being sunlight. So important to get a good balance of the right amount of sunlight. And, you know, in the winter it is challenging. Um, Quite often, you know, when we go to work in the morning it's dark, and when we get home it's dark. So what do you do? Well, you obviously, you must travel in a vehicle, um, hopefully you would see some direct sunlight through that. If not, maybe at lunchtime, if the weather's okay, go for a walk. Go into the park. Um, you know, just get out into the sunlight and get get your um, your boost um, of serotonin. According to the World Health Organization, getting anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes of sunlight on your arms, hands and face 2 to 3 times a week is enough to enjoy the the vitamin D boosted benefits of sun. 
Okay, so what what other things can we look at as we look at the importance of, of sunlight? It's called vitamin D, and uh, obviously in some countries they get naturally more. Um, the other thing is that if you wear a very high SPF uh, sunscreen like 50 or 100, uh, you're not also going to get the, the benefits of of the light because unfortunately it blocks out well it blocks out the UV rays which would burn but it also blocks out the rest of of the sunlight that would actually do do good so going for a walk in the winter um, around the middle of the day where it's a, it's probably it's at its warmest um, is probably a pretty good thing to do you know at least two or three times a week uh, we would recommend that you do that so if you have any questions uh, also about about anything that we have mentioned when it comes to the, the health tip, we'd be happy um, to, to answer that. So today we looked at sunlight. Next week we're going to look at temperance and the importance of moderation in all things and, um, and moderation even in the good things. Your heart is heavy laden Feeling like the joy is faded Just come Come Believing everything I told you Here are arms that long to hold you Just come Behind the mask you're hiding Here is someone to confide in I know what you've done Come And tell me everything you're hoping The Father loves a heart that's open Just come So you could try to save yourself I know who you are Don't try to be somebody else Come Believe in everything I told you Here are arms that long to hold you Just come Coming to the joy of living Knowing that your sin's forgiven Just come Why didn't I so you could try to save yourself you are, don't try to be somebody else Come When your heart is heavy laden Feeling like the joy is faded Won't you come 
You're listening to Amazing Grace here on Manawatu People's Radio. All right, in our last segment today, friends, we are going to read from the book, The Desire of Ages. Um, we're not going to bolt through it, but we're, we're going to read it. And, and maybe um, I haven't done this in the past, but I, I think there are times where I need to make some explanation um, just to help. So I'm just going to read a little bit as I finished last week, just to give some context to where we are. Um, the Desire of Ages, we're in the chapter called The First Evangelists. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you, Jesus spoke. As the Spirit of God illuminates the minds of his servants, the truth will be presented in a divine power and preciousness. Those who reject the truth will stand to accuse and oppose the disciples. But under loss and suffering, even unto death, the Lord's children are to reveal the meekness of their divine example. Thus will be seen the contrast between Satan's agents and the representatives of Christ. The Savior will be lifted up before the rulers and the people. Yeah, a lot of people think that there's three camps. There's um, God's camp, there's their own camp, and then there's Satan's camp. Um, I just uh, unfortunately to tell you that there was only two camps. You're either in God's team or you're, you are by default in the enemy's team. Now, there's lots of things that I could say now, but um, this, is, this is the case, whether you accept it or whether you don't. And God wants to save every person, and this is why we are sharing here. And, you know, I have found that I can trust God, that his promises are true. You know, spouses, friends can let you down. Family can let you down. But God will never let you down. And I can say truly that God has never, never, not one time let me down. I've been through some big challenges in my life, no doubt, and at the time, it felt as though God wasn't with me when I went through those challenges. But as I look back, I can see God's guiding hand, that even through that pain that I went through, it was for my eternal good. The disciples were not endowed with the courage and fortitude of the martyrs until such grace was needed. Then the Saviour's promise was fulfilled. When Peter and John testified before the Sanhedrin council, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Acts 4.13 Of Stephen it is written that all sat in the council looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as if it had been the face of an angel. Men, we are not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Acts six fifteen and verse ten, and Paul writing of his own trial at the court of the Caesars says, "At my first offence, no one took my part, but all forsook me. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion." 
2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16 and 17, Revised Standard Version. We, know, we do, do know that Paul was beheaded um, eventually uh, as he was an older man. Um, he was beheaded, but in the whole process, many people were led to God. And I've never actually voiced this before, but I've said to God that if my death can win one soul, then he has by my he has he has my permission to allow that to happen if it would happen in such a way that could help another person to to find Jesus Christ. And this is what happened that through the dark ages when they were burning people at the stake, here they were singing and praising God. Now, you can't normally do that because when you're being burned alive, your skin is melting off your body. There's so much pain. But when you stand for righteousness' sake, when you stand for truth and you are burnt or whatever other way they decide to uh, to kill you, um, then God gives you strength. Um, there was a pretty horrible story about these people in Uganda that had their limbs chopped off and they were put over a roasting fire. These people just sang and praised God until they fell into the fire and were burnt up. But see, those things are not, you can't possibly do that naturally. It's just impossible, the pain. The pain would not allow you to do that. And people who have seen this couldn't understand, but finally realized that there was truth in the message about the Messiah, about Jesus about the God of the Bible. The servants of Christ were to prepare no set speech to present when brought to trial. Their preparation was to be made day by day in treasuring up the precious truths of God's word and through prayer strengthen their faith. When they were brought into trial, the Holy Spirit would bring to their remembrance every truth that they would need. A daily, earnest striving to know God and Jesus Christ, whom he had sent, would bring power and efficiency to the soul. The knowledge obtained by diligent searching of the scriptures would be flashed into the memory at the right time. But if any had neglected to acquaint themselves with the words of Christ, if they had never tested the power of his grace in trial, they could not expect that the Holy Spirit would bring his words to their remembrance. They were to serve God daily with undivided affection and then trust in him. So bitter would be the enmity to the gospel that even the tenderest earthly ties would be disregarded. The disciples of Christ would be betrayed to death by the members of their own households. You shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, he added. But he that stand... But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Mark thirteen thirteen. But he bade them not to expose themselves unnecessarily to persecution. He himself often left one field of labor for another in order to escape from those who were seeking his life. When he was rejected at Nazareth and his own townspeople tried to kill him, he went down to Capernaum, and then the people were astonished at his teaching. 
for his word was with power, Luke 4.32. So his servants were not to be discouraged by persecution, but to seek a place where they could still labor for the salvation of souls. The servant is not above his master. The prince of heaven was called Beelzebub, and his disciples will be misrepresented in like manner. But wherever the danger, Christ's followers must avow their principles. They should scorn concealment. They cannot remain uncommitted until the assured of safety in confessing the truth. They are set as watchmen to warn the men of the peril. The truth received from Christ must be imparted to all freely and openly. Jesus said, What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light, and what ye hear in the air, that preach ye above the housetops. Jesus himself never purchased peace by compromise. His heart overflowed with love for the whole human race, but he was never indulgent to their sins. He was too much their friend to remain silent while they were pursuing a course that would ruin their souls. The souls he had purchased with his own blood. He labored that man should be true to himself, true to his higher and eternal interest. The servants of Christ are called to the same work, and they should be aware lest, in seeking to prevent discord, they surrender the truth. They are to follow after these things which make for peace. But real peace can never be secured by compromising principle, and no man can be true to principle without exciting opposition. A Christianity that is spiritual will be opposed by the children of disobedience. But Jesus bade his disciples, Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. Those who are true to God need to fear the power of men, nor the enmity of Satan. In Christ their eternal life is secure. Their only fear should be lest they surrender the truth and thus betrayed the trust which God had honoured them with. And uh, unfortunately, friends, we're going to have to leave it there. But whenever you stand for God, you are always going to be attacked by those who Satan speaks to, speaks words of doubt, aggressive words. Um, And I have seen this in my life. Um, Before I was a Christian, um, everybody, well, not everybody loved me, but most people liked me. And when I became a Christian, that certainly changed very quickly. Um, and uh, without going into details, it's just something that, that you deal with. Um, if you want to be a people pleaser, well, you can't really be a Christian um, because, you know, it's like Jesus. It's said about Jesus, you know, he he calls the spade a spade, but he does it in love, you know, like when he saw people sinning, he would he would call it out, but he would do it in love. And, you know, we do that as Christians. Um, you know, it's not PC to talk about homosexuality today. If you talk about homosexuality, you're going to bring, um, you're going to bring, you're going to bring problems because, you know, that has, has gained a lot of influence in the world today if you talk about uh, wanting to stop abortion you're gonna you're gonna create a lot of enemies and 
So if you stand for the truth, you will have people that will attack you. But remember, they attack Jesus. Remembering that um, we don't want to be people pleasers. Uh, you can't please every, everybody anyway. You know, there was, this, there was an old song, and I just can't remember who sang it, um, but it went something like this. You can't please everybody, so you might as well please yourself. That's true. You know, you, if you go around trying to please everybody else, you'll never make them happy. You've got to please yourself, and what I mean by that is doing the right thing, standing for truth, standing on principle. In other words, pleasing God. And if you do that, you will be respected, if nothing else. People may not like what you say, but remember those that stand on righteousness, those that call sin by its right name, will be persecuted. Nothing surer than that. Just as that whole chapter said. Anyhow, uh, we need to finish. So let's just finish with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we just thank you for this opportunity to share with the people today. We pray for them and their families. Pray for your blessing upon their lives, asking this in Jesus' name. Amen. So from all of us here at Amazing Grace, we pray that you will grow in grace. May the love of the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Ah. Uh...